It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, November 20th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. City officials announced seven new COVID-19 cases in Sitka yesterday. Their ages vary widely. One young patient under the age of 10 tested positive. Two of the patients are between the ages of 10 and 19. Another patient is in his 30s, two patients in their 50s, and a patient in his 70s. Two of the cases are considered secondary, meaning they had known contact with a person who tested positive, and another is classified as community spread, according to city data. Information on symptoms and transmission status of the other four patients hasn't been listed on the city's COVID-19 dashboard. All of the new patients are residents and are isolating locally, according to city data. They all received testing this week. Sitka reported 159 coronavirus cases since the start of the pandemic. 21 of those cases are still considered active as of 5 p.m. yesterday. Alaska Marine Lines posted a notice to customers Tuesday saying prices would rise 5% in 2021 on all routes, including southeast Alaska, the Aleutian Islands, and Prince William Sound. A portion of increased shipping costs is absorbed by wholesalers, but they often translate into higher retail prices, says Jim Calvin of the McKinley Research Group. More than 95% of all of the freight that moves into southeast Alaska communities, including Juneau, is, is on a barge. So the cost of moving that material is certainly important to the uh, prices that businesses pay and ultimately the prices that, that consumers pay for the products that they purchase. Samson Tug and Barge in Sitka also serves Southeast Alaska, and its published rates expire in late January, too. It's currently reviewing its prices and will make an announcement soon. In Alaska, freight prices are overseen by the Federal Surface Transportation Board. The board doesn't directly regulate how much shippers charge. It only reviews the reasonableness of rates if a consumer files a formal complaint. This week, news broke that Alaska Marine Lines will increase freight rates by 5% in 2021. But that's not the only shipping cost that may get a bump. The cost to ship Sitka's solid waste off-island could go up over concerns about container fires on southeast Alaska barges. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The joke has been made repeatedly by late-night hosts. It's trended on Twitter. The year 2020 has been called a, quote, dumpster fire by many. Friends star Jennifer Aniston even extinguished a flaming wastebasket out of its hot misery live on the Emmy stage. Grab the fire extinguisher. Thank you. Okay. Oh, gosh. Once all the germs have been burned off. Okay, here we go. Got it. All right. All right. Sanitized for your protection. Yeah. Now, this is exciting. Oh, Oh, shoot. (laughs) We are delivering Emmys live. To some of the winning nominees. Well, now some so Southeast cool. communities can add trash fires to their list of actual grievances this year. Sitka's city administrator John Leach says that the city's solid waste rates could increase if Alaska Marine Lines or AML begins enforcing stricter requirements for solid waste disposal on their barges. It's in an effort to prevent trash fires in shipping containers at sea. There have been some fires in these containers in uh, in Southeast recently. And that's created a lot of concern with uh, AML, who's running those shipments. Um, Obviously, any fire at sea is a very serious deal, or any fire in port is an extremely serious deal. There's a lot of lives that could be at risk. So the concern is they want to do whatever we can to reduce that fire risk. Dan Kelly is the vice president of freight operations at AML. He says the most recent fire was in September at their Ketchikan facility. There was a container that had been in our yard getting ready to go on a mainline barge southbound uh, that a good Samaritan had noticed uh, in the early hours of the morning that there was uh, some flames coming out of, so they reported that, and the fire department responded to that. 
and, and took care of that for us. That incident, he says, could have been catastrophic. AML had been working out a plan with Republic Services, the nationwide subcontractor that delivers the loaded trash containers to the AML barges and then hauls them to a landfill in eastern Washington. The plan was to eventually ship all of Southeast's waste in closed, compacted shipping containers. But the incident in September lit a fire under them, prompting them to speed up the process. Uh, We felt it was important um, to, to establish some deadlines to, to spur the conversation. We don't want to rely on, on luck moving forward and do whatever we can uh, to make sure that this is a, as safe a process as it can be. Kelly says that as of the beginning of November, three communities were still moving loose garbage in open-top containers, Sitka, Wrangell, and Klawak. They're now asking that those communities switch to hardtop in closed containers and begin compacting their garbage by next summer. Even though Sitka has been using the open-top containers, City Administrator Leach says in recent years, the city's solid waste department has avoided container fires like the one in Ketchikan. The last time a Sitka container caught fire was in 2016. Leach says that's because Sitka has enforced a stricter safety program. They've managed to catch fires early at the transfer station and eliminate some risk by finding and removing highly flammable items from the waste stream. People throwing away expired marine flares. Uh, with enough pressure, those things can go off in the garbage and that can start a a pretty big fire. So we've started uh, collecting those marine flares and, uh, you know, at least we're doing our best to remove that. Lithium-ion batteries is another one. Uh, Those things can get punctured or get wet and they can become pretty volatile and that's why you know, you can't have them on commercial airlines. Leach and Kelly say that Republic Services will provide the hardtop containers. But AML also wants the garbage compacted, and that could cost the city. But if we're going to have to compact the municipal solid waste, then we need some very expensive compacting or baling equipment, about $1.5 to $2 million to get that done. Leach says he's hoping to reach a more affordable solution with the two companies. And we're compacting as much as possible with our current system. Um, So we just need to find out what's going to work, what's going to make everybody comfortable and, and keep our our solid waste shipped out of here appropriately. AML has set a deadline with Republic Services. By June 1st, Sitka, Wrangell, and Klawak must ship their garbage out in compacted and closed containers. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. While many college students around the country are attending class virtually this fall, a group of students in Sitka is getting an in-person college experience. A new program called the Outer Coast Year wants to provide an alternative to more conventional institutions for higher education during the pandemic and beyond. KCAW's Erin McKinstry reports. 18-year-old Isaiah Bowen Carlin dips a net into a large round tank that swirls with young salmon. He scoops out a tiny, lifeless fish and tosses it on the ground. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, sometimes it happens. Bowen Carlin is volunteering at the Sitka Sound Science Center's hatchery as part of his service project for the Outer Coast Program. He cleans the tanks, checks on the water levels, and helps out with egg incubation. It is not all that exciting sometimes, but I'm super grateful that like I'm able to be here and feel like I'm actually physically doing something. He knows that his experience living in a dorm, cooking with his peers, and taking in-person classes is a special one right now. He feels a bit guilty when he talks to his friends from high school, who are almost all taking classes virtually. And that's what Bo and Carlin would have done, too, if he'd gone to a four-year university in the fall like he planned. But the pandemic made him pivot. 
I learn so much from my other peers um, in so many different settings that I think a lot of the value of my classes would be taken out if I wasn't able to have like these really casual conversations with other students that just arise when you're living in the same space together. Outer Coast was originally founded in 2015 by Sitka representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins and three others, and has hosted summer seminars and programs for high schoolers in the past. But this is the first program that will last a full academic year. Program coordinator Johnny Elliott says when the pandemic hit in the spring, they weren't sure if they could make it work. But protocols like regular testing, germ pods, and relative physical isolation from people outside the program mean they've been able to run it much like they were planning pre-pandemic. As we began to understand the pandemic more, we made the decision that it would be safe to run a program of 14 students with the right sort of preparation. But the fact that Outer Coast is operating in person right now isn't the only reason it's unique. The educational model is different, too. Eventually, the founders hope to expand into a two-year accredited liberal arts college that serves as an antidote to many of the problems they see with more traditional institutions, like a disconnect from the local community. Spending a large chunk of time on service projects like Bowen Carlin's is a required part of the curriculum. A lot of colleges really do become bubbles in the communities that they are in and not sort of a greater recognition to the institutions and structures of their location. Outer Coast's model also addresses college affordability issues. They only ask students to pay what they can, and they make up the rest of the cost with donations. Tuition for this semester's students ranges from $100 to $12,000. Student Jing O'Brien says that's a stark contrast from schools she applied to in the spring. She grew up in Wrangell, was supposed to head to Loyola University this fall in Chicago, and never imagined sticking around Alaska. But then she learned classes would be online, and she deferred. I couldn't validate paying full tuition for, like, a college experience that was only going to be one element of, like, the college experience. The students have come from across the state and the country to take the same class four days a week for seven weeks. They also cook and clean for one another, hold weekly storytelling sessions, attend indigenous studies and anti-racism classes, and play an active role in the running of the program. They even helped decide how to operate during the pandemic and worked with staff to make admissions decisions. Like you can really honestly change any part of the program if you wanted to. And that has been like so eye-opening. And I don't know, like, I really am wondering if like a conventional college, I don't think will be anything like that, where students and staff work towards the common goal together. O'Brien says she's now rethinking her college decision for next year and might choose someplace smaller where she can join a tight-knit community like the one she's in now. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Erin McKinstry. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. 